Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and it's Muller time. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading The Muller Report by Robert S. Muller III. Indeed. <laughs> and starting with a beer, a Miller High Life, the champagne of beers. Don't pour that much? My God. <laughs> Some either I'm pouring it into the cup or the garbage. It's not making a difference. Strong notes of beer. It does smell beery. That is uh, about as not objectionable as a beer could taste. It has a little bit of flavor. I wouldn't go as far as to say it has no flavor. It's not a ton and not necessarily good, but it has a flavor. Is it crazy to imagine there's like a corn aftertaste? I'm not getting that. Like a grain, like I'm getting the deer just like corn bag of deer corn. I'm just getting like the malt flavor, the like pilsner esque malt flavor. That's all I'm really getting. Well, that's it. Well, it's the Though it actually tastes a little bit like diet soda. It has that, like, not, not corn flavor, but, like, aspartame flavor. That's actually what I'm getting. Okay, I can see that. Well, they're not lying here when it says Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee Whiz, because it does take, like, piss. It says Whiz. <laughs> I don't know what it fit. Couldn't just change the font and fit Wisconsin on there. Guilty as charged. Yes, yeah, this is living the high life, the champagne of beers, established 1903, been shitty since 1903. Okay. Oh, well, Jimmy can't be here this week. Uh, this is kind of a last-minute thing to you know keep up with the times. This very topical vision of uh, Drunk Guys Book Club episode, but Jimmy's uh, busy on a road trip with his whore mother, so he's not going to be here today. Someone's got to drive her to the pimp. <laughs> oh, there it is. Also, we should say we're recording this the morning that the uh, that this episode is coming out. So it is, in fact, actually Tuesday, April. 22nd? April 23rd. It is Third? fact uh, Tuesday, uh, April 23rd right now. So, but it is only kind of early afternoon, so big things could happen at any moment after we stop recording. So, just so we know. Are you saying we don't record every episode the day we claim it comes out, Nate? I would never claim that. <laughs> I would never say that out loud. That's what I would do. <laughs> All right. So, the Mueller report came out. Was it last Thursday? I the 5th. Oh, there. Ooh. Yes. God damn it. So, did they come, was it Thursday? Yeah, last Thursday. Last Thursday afternoon. Uh, and it said, well, this has been all over the news for the last couple of days, so we probably don't need to go into too much detail Good, about much. all the many details of, that are in the thing. So, okay. Part one is the, the investigation. Fellowship. Yes, it's the, the fellowship of the uh, collusion. <laughs> uh, where it, Robert S. Smollett III and his team of intrepid investigators looked for, did the president actually have a criminal conspiracy with Russia to influence the election. Yep, which is interesting because the language that was used for the last two years rarely used the word conspiracy. Rarely, yes. It I, was collude, collusion. Did he collude? Was there collusion? That was what the media ran with for mm-hmm. two years. Yep. And then if you were if you were like armchair following this like I was, you're like, ah, whatever. You would get the impression that collusion's a bad thing, which it is potentially, but it's actually not a legal term. It is not a term uh, as defined in law, so that Robert Mueller decided to instead, and he lays this out why he did it, he started, uh, look for what's called a conspiracy. And a conspiracy requires an agreement. That is kind of like the heart of a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. And he didn't find one, or at least he didn't find anything that would meet the evidentiary standard in court of beyond a reasonable doubt that there was an agreement. So he said there was no agreement. And therefore... But it does detail an awful lot of pretty embarrassing things and pretty no doubt about that pretty shady things that were going on during the election sure i mean it, would, would, would you say uh is madness madness yes i think definitely. we could say madness i think we could say that it was madness <laughs> there's beer for that it's called madness by uh 
don't know. This can has like the shittiest art. I have no idea who made this. It's beautiful art. Please sponsor our show. Oh, Bloodville Brewery, Brewery, which is in Glen Falls Brewing, Queensbury, New York. I have no idea where Queensbury is. That must be Webstate. So this is a pineapple-infused New England IPA called Madness. This is 10 million times better than Miller High Life. I like this. This is good. Yeah, I don't get a whole heck of a lot of pineapple, though. I was no. expecting more. Yeah, you know, and I love pineapple, so like a really pineapple-y beer would be like just my thing. And it's not super pineapple. Especially it's a gorgeous day and we're sitting in my basement. Like, we should have conspired to record this outside or something. Yeah, we could have. <laughs> that would have been smart. Yeah, it's, it's, this is a nice uh, warm weather beer. Blows Miller High Life's cock off in terms of quality. Definitely. Mm, uh, very but, nice. But the pineapple is kind of not there. Yeah. I'm trying to find an alcohol content on here. It's, it says New England IPA as opposed to double IPA or triple Imperial. So I'm assuming it's probably in the five or six range. So it's not going to make you shit-faced if you drink a lot of it. Well... Drink a lot of it, maybe. <laughs> but, yeah, but it's pretty good. Where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so they have to find. So, uh, Mueller investigates. Was there a conspiracy? And he finds that there's not uh, enough evidence to prove that there was. To prove that there was an agreement. Right. That's the conspiracy part. Right. So the collusion part almost doesn't matter. Then does it? The in definitely terms of legal terms in the media. Everybody's kind of saying, "Well, it wasn't collusion," and Trump has definitely been saying, "No collusion, no collusion." Of course, he's been saying that forever. Now, one uh, the in one the day the report came out, the New York Times went through it pretty carefully, and they said that there were a hundred and forty contacts between the Trump campaign and Russia. A hundred and forty. Now, I'm sure some of those were definitely innocuous and didn't really amount to anything. Are but one hundred and forty is a lot. Are they counting the things like Paul Manafort doing shit in 2013? Though, like, uh, I'm sure that's in the report, but that's it not, is in the report. That's not. That's clearly not part of the campaign. I don't know if they counted that all, all the way back to Paul Manafort in 2013, but Paul Manafort's contacts with the Russians during while he was campaign chairman definitely counted, as they should. Um, I'm sure many of those contacts are not a big deal though some of them potentially were and the famous one is like don jr's trump I love it, tower meeting yeah. fucking email the fredo of uh so of i i read that that not only did i read the executive summary of that section but i also read in detail all the stuff about the trump tower meeting and a lot of it had already been uh, uh, talked about in the media but there was some definitely there was one one interesting key detail which is we finally know for sure what the Russian lawyer actually brought to the meeting. And the answer was basically nothing. She brought an accusation that some people, uh, some Americans had like uh, gotten some money, some illegal way in Russia, but then donated it to the uh, Clinton campaign. That's what she just came out with an accusation. And the first question was asked was, do you have any proof of that? And she basically said no. And then immediately moved on to the, to the discussion of removing sanctions uh, enforced by the Magnitsky Act, which is, this, which is this law passed by Congress somewhere around 2013, uh, named after a, a Russian, uh, dis, uh, not a Russian accountant, was died in prison for basically trying to uh, help uh, an, American, an American dude. I don't know all the details, but basically the Magnitsky Act put a lot of sanctions on Russians and meant Russians co- um, on Russian oligarchs. They couldn't travel. They couldn't. There was restrictions on their banking and restrictions on a lot of stuff that they would want to do with their money. So they very much want the Magnitsky Act to go away. And so sounds like the Trump Tower meeting was, in fact, just saying, we want to help you. We have dirt on Hillary Clinton. What, that, what they brought was merely a pretext for approaching them yeah. about trying to remove the Magnitsky Act sanctions. It was just an excuse to get the meeting. Yes. And now, in the meeting, 
only lasted about 20 minutes, and uh, only a couple minutes into it, Jared Kushner was sending emails to his friends. Please call me so I can pretend to get out of this meeting. <laughs> but that it kind of amounted to nothing. Well, but here's the thing about that Trump Tower meeting. Had the Russian lawyer actually brought something, actually brought something significant, like we have this thing against Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. and the servers had already been hacked at that point. So it was definitely a possibility that she would have brought. Here's the emails that show her uh, Wall Street, uh, the Wall Street speeches she gave or something like that. Oh, Here yeah. are the emails that have the text of that. If they were given that, Don Jr. is so fucking dumb he would absolutely have said, aha, I've got the most amazing thing. That would have been, I think, I'm not a lawyer, would have been a criminal, that would have risen to the level of criminal conspiracy. Well, if the agreement is, isn't it, isn't like a quid pro quo part of that agreement though? Yes. But Don Jr., if he's at all, like, he could not make any promise directly about lifting sanctions. He could only say, well... They would promise to discuss too. Think about it. Sure. After the election. But as anyone in, in the Trump business world especially would know, you could promise to think about a lot of things, and that could be a whole heck of a lot of bullshit. Though That's the, not really binding. The reason why Don Jr. isn't being charged with felony campaign finance violation is because he didn't know... Okay, he didn't... There was no good way to um, put a dollar value on what was actually brought to the meeting by the Russian lawyer. So because it's illegal for any campaign to accept any contribution from a foreign power or from foreigners in general. But because Mueller and the team, Mueller team, couldn't like put a, do- put a real value on what was essentially u- pretty useless information, they're not, they're not charging Don Jr. with felony campaign finance violation. Even though... Because like, he didn't what, break the law. Sounds like. Because he, he was lucky. He tried. Oh, right, sure. He tried, but was too dumb. Anyway, there were also other times when other people were actively trying to talk to Russia, like... Cohen? Yeah, Michael Cohen was actively emailing people in Russia. Turned out he was, like, spelling names wrong in the email address, and it wasn't going through. There and then... Countless examples of the Trump administration in general Googling people and not even... And, like, getting the wrong person. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, this person's husband, and then they find, like, a different Russian with that name. Yeah, so this was on the uh, John Oliver... Uh, last week's name of John Oliver. He, this was his last Sunday segment, where... A man who was like literally the press secretary or the personal secretary to a Russian oligarch emailed Michael Cohen about something like they wanted to set up a meeting with Vladimir Putin. Michael Cohen Googles the name, and the first result that came up was a Russian weight, Olympic weightlifter. <laughs> and, and Mueller said, even in the Mueller report, said, even when we were talking to him a year later, he thought it was the Russian weightlifter that had emailed him. <laughs> and it was a different guy with the same Russian name. Well, Trump was, does have an affili- uh, affinity for strong men. No? No? It's a terrible joke? Okay. I don't even get the joke. Because like, he has a boner for anyone who's a strong man. He's always oh, yeah, like, definitely. oh, yeah, he's so tough. I love him. And then, no, uh, he's a weightlifter. No, never mind. But Michael Cohen didn't return the email because it was like, who's this fucking Russian weightlifter <laughs> contacting me? Marcus Spam. When it was actually the secretary to a Russian oligarch. Back to this important email from the Prince of Nigeria. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> uh, well, uh, sounds like they all made some poor decisions. I definitely agree. Oh, there's a beer for that. Which is what that Russian oligarch, well, Russian lawyer rather, should have brought to the meeting. A beer. We fixed that for you. This is called Poor Decisions. <laughs> but P-O-U-R. Because it's a beer pun. And this is a beer I've had before, and and uh, it was not a poor decision to buy it again. It's probably revi- oh, fuck. the revi- we just started drinking the Revision <laughs> Brewing Company. It is a Northeast style hazy triple IPA. Hmm. It's very nice. 
That is, uh, what, if it's a triple IPA, what percent is this? What would you think it is from drinking it? Like from tasting I, it without from knowing tasting the triple A. I wouldn't say it's super strong alcohol, but um, I know that when it says triple IPA, it's probably in the 9 to 10% range. Oh, well, you would be wrong there, sir. It is 11. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> 11 it's very nice. What's interesting, on the can, they give you some of those fun beer details that don't really mean much to most people, but it says IBUs 67. And we've talked about IBUs in the past. 67 IBUs is not a whole lot, whereas Dogfish Head's triple IPA that they made, I mean, for 20 years now, I guess, the 120-minute IPA is like 140 IBUs mm-hmm. past the point of being able to taste them. This is a, the New England-style thing, the Northeast-style thing. It's not that bitter. It's really just juicy. There's a little bit of bitterness in the aftertaste. Well, for something this I mean, big, it, it is a beer, so like that's kind of expected to have at least some of that. But and it is an IPA, so but it is definitely uh, juicier. This one isn't as cloudy as others. That's fair. It is. It is pr- rather clear, but it is really good. Definitely good. Hmm. Hmm. But yeah, poor decisions are made all around. Okay, so I want to argue that. Really? This is we're just st- still talking three beers about. And he's looking for a fight. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Okay. So, um, I really think it was still collusion, just not conspiracy. That's cool. Doesn't didn't we say that doesn't matter though? Well, you see, here's the thing. I believe that even though the the actions of the Trump campaign, they were just too dumb for it to actually have worked out to be a, a criminal conspiracy. I think that the president should be held to a higher standard than just not meeting the definition of criminal conspiracy. I think things should be a little bit better than that. Uh, now, on a so just for the record here, because it's only especially since it's only the two of us, and I definitely lean more right than Nate does. I am automatically put in the position where I have to defend Trump. Yes, which is not uh, the case. I, I don't. I'm not, a, I'm not a Trump fan. Let's just say you're going to play devil's advocate for a minute. I, I am going to. I have to do that. Otherwise, we're really not going to have much to talk about on the show. <laughs> um, the thing about having a higher standard on a on a on a sort of absolute level, on a hypothetical level, mm-hmm. sure, there should be a higher standard for our, our leaders. We should have a high standard for ourselves as a country, and I agree with that. But the problem is, what is that standard then? Because if you just say, "I think we should have a higher standard than this," okay, well, what is it, and where is that codified, or is it case by case? And then it's very much open to being like, "I don't like this person, therefore, I think they didn't meet my standard that I'm inventing for them right now." That's fair, because you know who exactly did that? Clinton, I don't know. The, tr- the Republicans. Oh, sure, yeah. In 1998, that yeah, was sure. exactly what Absolutely. they were arguing when they did impeach when he was the get, president. When he was getting his not bold, but he perjured himself. That's a clear crime. Yep. And mm-hmm. he didn't get perjured, he didn't, uh, sorry, he didn't get impeached for getting his knob polished in the Oval Office, though he kind of did. They were he at least kind, at least but they kind were, of did. But they were able to actually point to a real crime. Yep. That was true. So that is a that is a fundamental difference. Well, and we're going to point to some real crimes, sure. And when we get to part two, sure. But that is also I don't I don't think it's necessarily productive to say well they did it too because if you're going to say if you're going to go down that road, the Democrats are not. I mean, yes, Trump and his campaign are full of some unsavory types to say to put it extremely charitably. The Democrats have done all sorts of not cool stuff too. And you know who also accepted oppositional research from foreign bodies? The Clinton campaign. In 2016. Incorrect. They did not get information from the Ukraine douchebags. You didn't know what they were talking Fake about as well. Fake news. I looked it up. Here's what happened. It uh-huh. was not the Clinton campaign. It was not even... It was even, like a, a it, stupid no, aid, right? No, no. It was not even oppositional research. It was a newspaper reporter went to campaign, went to, uh, sorry, Ukraine to investigate Paul Manafort because 
obviously that's where he's been doing working for the last like five years or whatever. They investigated him and they found and they found basically the payments, the many multi million dollar payments made by the old Ukrainian like pro Russian dude had made to Paul Manafort for Paul Manafort's like services for his like political consulting services. This was not the Clinton campaign doing anything. It was not oppositional. Re- it wasn't just oppo research either. It was a newspaper reporter doing what newspapers do. And how does that get linked to Clinton then? Because, well, okay, the allegation in the article is that the Russians, the Russian, uh, Russian government, the, I mean, not the, not the Russian government, the Ukrainian government, possibly they decided to leak it to the New York Times. So, and they did it, and so... They and that was definitely going to be damaging for Trump because Paul Manafort had to resign like two days later. Yep. So that was definitely true. So it's possible they did that to benefit Hillary Clinton, but there is absolutely not even a whisper of of any evidence or any even insinuation that the Clinton campaign actively did a damn thing. There's a difference there. I can see that. Fine, especially when compared to. Russia, if you're listening, if you can find those 30,000 emails, you will be very well rewarded. Is or that whatever. the quote? It's, I, 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 missed, I, I'm, I don't I have it exactly. He, didn't say that other he did say, there. Russia, if you're listening, if you can find the 30,000 emails. Sure. He said the word find. Okay. I don't know what the rest of it is after that. I don't think he said you'll be handsomely rewarded. I mean, we could find this quote. I'm pretty sure... That one is kind of a long sentence for him to say, and I, I really can't think that far. He, he really, he just, he's just very short declarative sentences. I don't think he would have. Well, I guess that's a, a subjunctive uh, clause, but I don't think he would have, have said that. I will tell you this, Russia. If you are listening, I hope you are able to find the thirty thousand emails that are missing. He said. I think you will probably be. Wait, hold on. Let's go to. I think there's a pop-up ad. Remember this girl from Facts of Life? You'll never believe what she looks like now. Dr. Oz's 10 weight loss secrets. I think you will probably be rewarded mightily by our press, is what he said. Okay. That is, those are that's important distinctions there, yeah, too. Okay, fair. A little bit. Like, he doesn't control... He is not the king of the press. Certainly he is not. He does not... He doesn't control what the press does. Uh, also, another fact... There's a lot of, like, I hopes the, and I thinks in that sentence that are kind of like... Hack, the Russian... Like, in the mother, Mueller report, it says... That Russia, the Internet Research Agency, the basically the Russian government hackers, they started hacking the Clinton campaign five hours after Trump made that statement. So, but but here, if part of the story is like Russia thought it would be uh, advantageous to have a Trump presidency, which I don't doubt, why would they not be working on that already? Like that was a huge news story before he made that speech. Just so they, so a they were. They were working on they were they were working on um, the uh, social media part. They were working on all the fake Facebook accounts and fake Twitter accounts and fake uh, whatever accounts just to make just to post stuff bad about Hillary Clinton or to just be like we are super Trump supporters and sort of like get uh, generate that kind of social media thing. They were already working on that. So they they just didn't actually think to find stuff. They're like, let's make a post that looks like it's from an out of touch grandma. And post that they employed thousands of Russian college students to do this. I understand, but like, didn't like, but uh, right, the, the, of the people who were indicted by Robert Mueller, it's something like 20, 20 of them were the were people who did this. Right, a, a huge. Yeah, every time people talk about, oh, look at all the indictments that came out, as if to say that this is directly damning of Trump. So, uh, which there are plenty of people associated with Trump, but a lot of them were these 
Russian no-name people yeah. that, that when they showed Obviously, on the, they're, they're not going to come to America to, to stand trial. And they're not going to be extradited under any no. thing. But they don't even have pictures of them, many of them. It's just like mm-hmm. a photo, camera shy little like silhouette for 20 people. Because they're a bunch of no-name people. Which the Russian government definitely... Um, there's also other stories ancillarily related to this or whatever, tangentially, tangentially. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you fell asleep in the sun with your pants off, tangentially. <laughs> they, um, they, like, they sponsor hacking things or like, reward like, people who, who, have, who have hacked uh, banks and companies and stolen millions and millions of dollars of the mm-hmm. company. The Russian government does not punish that. They then employ those people in some cases to do mm-hmm. other work for them. Like, hey, use your powers for more evil. Yeah. It's like if like the sheriff of Nottingham let Robin Hood become his tax collector. <laughs> like, oh, you're really yeah, good that, at stealing that, that's shit. That's a good analogy. Very good. Yeah, that's, a, that's why we had to do this one first today. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. Uh, f- yeah, totally there's all sorts of hacking shit, but, but was, has there been, and this is probably outside of Mueller's purview, but you, you would know better than me, how effective was that social media crap? So, here's the thing. There's no way to know for sure. Because it not only is it something that is almost it just basically impossible to measure just in general, sure. but you also can't go back in time and mu- and measure it. You can say that the number of people who either looked at a fake one of these fake Russian Facebook profiles, Twitter profiles, whatever, is something like was in the millions. Okay, did that? But did people actually change their mind based on that? That is impossible to even measure, especially for something that happens in the past. So sure. that's the thing; it's impossible to know, but. Did it have zero effect? Well, is it? I mean, I would, I would are people affected by what they see on Facebook? Yes, yes, they are. But most of what you see on Facebook is the stuff you already want to see, right? You're, the ads and, are tailored but towards the more your interests. You see, it is definitely. But the more you see, the more it reinforces your belief. Yeah, absolutely. And YouTube does the same thing. Twitter does as well. Mm-hmm, yep. Like if these are the stories that you tend to watch, it's like it curates it for you. It curates it to uh, enhance engagement is what they're trying to do. They're right. trying to, if you see something that you see engaging, which is usually something you already sort of agree with, yep. then that's what's going to get more clicks and more screen time. So why I bring that up, and I think you probably see what I'm going with, you probably, if you are even engaging with that kind of content in the first place, you probably already kind of had your mind made up. I can't imagine there were that many Bernie bros that were like, well, let me see what this person has to say about Trump's fiscal policy. Uh, they might have voted note, as a protest vote. They might have voted for Trump, some of those Bernie bros, but that is a different thing. Uh, uh, the uh, Russian uh, uh, social media campaign was trying to actively promote the rift between Bernie supporters and Clinton supporters within Democrats. So, so they were doing the DNC's work as they sabotaged their own dude. But... Is it okay that Russians came in and enhanced that? It's not okay. I mean, here's the, the reality. The world we live in is that these, this is going to be a thing going forward. Yeah. Is it okay? Of course not. However, if it's, it's, it's going to be very difficult to prove it's a candidate's fault for benefiting from the malice of an, a third party. Uh, unless you can prove conspiracy. Exactly. Now, that is true, but Trump could also have said... Instead of, Russia, if you're listening, could you find 30,000 emails? He could have said, fuck you, Russia. Sure he could have. And you know you're a shithole country. <laughs> uh, what, stop this. Because me accepting your help would be fucking un-American and selling out my country. He could have said that. Sure he could have. But he didn't. Sure. And while there's like kind of an abstract difference between those two things, there is a difference between those things. And what's the higher standard? 
But the higher standard... It, it, As we've uh, said, it's really hard to define and where is the line and blah, 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 stuff like that. And it's true. So it's just like, is he... First of all, you know Trump was never going to say that. <laughs> you know? he, won't, he won't disavow white supremacists. So obviously he's not, not going to disavow Russia either, especially when he's trying to build a $100 million tower in Moscow that would make him Well, make well in his defense, most Russians are white. <laughs> so it's two birds with one racist stone. Indeed. And you need, to be, you need a lot of stones to build a $100 million tower. You do. All right. So which beer should we go with here? How about... Uh, yeah, the sure. other ones all don't matter. Mm-hmm. Time was really... We still have a lot more. Four more beers. Jesus. You brought this one, Nate. Yeah, right. This is Bell's Official, because this was the official Mueller report that we finally got after a lot of waiting. So this is a by, uh, this is a hazy India Pale Ale, and it is... How much beer? 6.4%. Remember when IPAs were all like 5%? You know, like everything's just crept up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As you said, it's the, the arms race. Yeah, man. I like this. It's crushable. Hmm. It's not the best hazy IP I've ever had, but no. it's, it's pretty solid. I want to say, because, uh, what is it, Bell's Two-Hearted is sort of like their, I think it's their biggest selling beer, I or at least so. it's the it's, only one I've really ever it's seen. It's most famous for sure. And that is a, that is like a more, much more bitter IPA. Like, that's like one of the, what I consider one of the very bitter ones. One of the much more bitter well, ones. Well, that's like a, that's a double classical IPA. You yeah. know, like what IPA was a few years ago. And that classical might not be the right term. But, you know, Ameri- it's a double American IPA. Yeah. So this is a this is like as far away as you can get mm-hmm. and still be an IPA in many respects. I mean, I want to say this is still pretty bitter is what I was getting at. It, just because their roots are in the more bitter IPAs and they're not in New England because they're in Comstock, Michigan. So they're not, um, they're not really into the super juicy ones yet. But this is their first attempt. I mean, it's, it's a nice beer. It is. I like it. I find um, for Bell's, I've had a bunch of different beers from them. They're big beers. And I could be very biased because I like bigger beers. But the big beers they make are really good. Hop Slam is a double IPA. That's phenomenal. They have Expedition Stout is a really great Imperial Stout. Um, Two Hearted Ale is considered, it often makes the list of like top 100 beers in America. Like That is a really great beer. But then there are smaller beers. I'm kind of like, yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Could be because it's, I don't like that style. It could is, be because isn't that, it's so. Isn't that what you say about all smaller beers? Well, like, they kind of eh, it's okay. Well, they don't really stand out. It's, it's it is definitely part of yeah. that assessment. That is a, a flaw in my uh, my process here. It's hard to judge smaller beers it's as just, as one being way better than the other because they're all just kind of small. I think the way sm- some breweries do that is. Um, especially for IPAs, because everybody makes IPAs, is adding other adjuncts to the IPA. Mm-hmm. and Because you could have a 6% IPA, but it's an IPA with mango in it, and now it's like a different thing. Mm-hmm. Or it's a double dry hopped IPA with whale jizz. You know, whatever it is, you add other stuff to it, and that's the way they stand out. Wait, there's a word for that. Uh, I think you're thinking of um, the whale vomit. Yeah, what was that called again? Uh, ambergris. Ambergris, yeah. yeah. Not, not hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> Which, IPA with ambergris. Which was a uh, perfume in the olden times. Well, 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 puke. It must have been so disgusting. Oh, man. Like Dracar or CK1. Mm. It's ambergris. So, yeah, this is a cool beer. Uh, I would never go out of my way to buy it again, honestly. But that's just because there's a but, lot of other beers like this. Right, yeah. But I'd drink it if this is what I had. Oh, yeah. If I went to a bar and it was like, it's this or like your standard shit, I'm like, this is 100 Or Miller High Life. Oh, 100% yes. over Miller High Life. I think it's really weird. I don't understand what I'm seeing on the back of the bottle. It's like, you know, Connecticut, Maine, Vermont, 5% refund, Michigan, 10%. Oh, look at them. 10 cent refund, whatever. 
And then it says California cash refund. And then it says Puerto Rico, do not litter. Like no comma, no punctuation. Just like watch out, watch yourself, Puerto Rico. We know what you're gonna do with this. <laughs> just like like really look at that. It's it's just it's the same color. Like California that, was in a different color. Does that have to be there by law? Puerto Rico, do not litter. If they distribute there, probably. Yeah. Um, but I just it's like, why does it have to say that for Puerto Rico? Maybe people wouldn't litter as much if you could get a refund. That's true. Puerto Rico doesn't have money, so... You know. Maybe you get a refund if you were a state. Make up your mind, Puerto Rico. It is just behind Connecticut. So it is, in fact, bigger than 20 states. Well, you know, in, in Utah's defense, if they were allowed to have polygamy like they wanted, that population would probably go up. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe yeah. that could be a, the compromise they make. Because I feel like Utah's pretty strongly... Uh, Pretty strongly red. <laughs> but uh, what slave state would they let in? I, that's right. We let in on slave. <laughs> They're definitely below the Mason-Dixon line. So I would say so, yes. Maybe we could just take a chunk of Canada. Didn't we try to do that like multiple times in yep. American mm-hmm. history? Definitely. And they were not having that. Clowns. All right. So yeah, uh, Puerto Rico does, shouldn't, don't litter this bottle. <laughs> I don't know why it's a thing. Uh, okay. Part two of the Mueller report. And this is actually the more damning of the two. Oh, sure. Although we definitely have to uh, clarify some stuff because according to the uh, Barr letter, the Attorney General William Barr, when he put out the letter two days after the report was first filed, and he said, uh, no new charges, which was tr- a true statement, and then he says, uh, the, uh, the report does not clear him of obstruction, but also does not exonerate him. That was the quote. Clear or exonerate? Or it, charge or exonerate? Charge or exonerate. Does not charge him with obstruction of justice, but also does not exonerate him, which is a true statement. That's true, yeah. That is what the report says. However, that was leaving out a very significant thing that the Mueller report said, which is why they decided not to charge him with obstruction of justice. So there are multiple... There's some facts we got to get in here. So first... There is an opinion, legal opinion, by the Justice Department from the 70s, like from the Nixon era, saying that the Justice Department cannot indict a sitting president. They can indict after they leave the office. Yeah, they can indict after they leave the office, but not while they're president. They can investigate, though, and it says that, too. Second, because Robert Mueller, in his authority, felt he could not charge the president, it would be wrong for him to come out and say, specifically... He, this is obstruction, definitely obstruction of justice. Okay. Because, and this has to do with the legal system itself, because the legal system is adversarial in nature. And so because the president, okay, if he wasn't going to charge the president, then the president couldn't defend himself in court. And because he wouldn't be fair, this is literally about fairness. If the president cannot, would not have the opportunity to defend himself in court, it wouldn't be right for Mueller and the Mueller investigation to come out and say it was obstruction without having that court process where he could clear his name. That's the unfairness part. Okay, that makes sense. However, it then said, if we, did not, if we felt sure, I forget the word, specific word they used, if we felt there was no obstruction of justice, we would have said so, but we do not say so. Sure. So in the bar letter, it said it does not charge the president with obstruction of justice. Well, that is a true statement. However... I really read this as Mueller saying, even though we can't technically charge the president and we want to be as fair as possible, because I think Mueller was trying to be absolutely as fair as possible and even-handed, in the strongest words he could possibly put in the report, while still being without specifically charging the president, I think he's building a very strong case for obstruction of justice. A question. If If the result of the report is he can't charge the president with a crime, what fucking goal were people hoping for out of this? 
Okay. Yes. So here's, it was basically leaving it, leaving it to Congress because it is Congress's constitutional duty to decide on articles of impeachment or, or laying out a possible charge of obstruction of justice or the roadmap for a charge or an indictment of obstruction of justice after the president leaves office. Well, you know what the first stop on that roadmap is, right? It's a beer. It's a beer. And this yes. is called Fat Peach, because Trump's fat, and impeachment is what we're discussing now. And this is made with real impeaches. <laughs> this is from Finback Brewery, our, um, our favorite brewery that lets us hang out there. Uh, this is called Fat Peach. It is an IPA with sticky rice and peach, which we have had on the podcast in the future. This is so good. It is really delicious. This is amazing. That's why you have it on tap here at Roseanne Bar. That's right. Not William Bar, Roseanne Bar. Uh, we had, I bought a, a, a keg of it. And it, I, re- I regret nothing. I regret I regret it many mornings. But <laughs> so it is. This is so good. It really. I mean, it's it is a juicy IPA. It's unfiltered, right? You can see it's murky, quite cloudy. But the peach taste is fantastic. It mm. really goes well with the hops that are in there. It does. I don't really know what the sticky rice brings to the yeah, equation. I, I don't. I don't either. I have no idea. But man, this is good. Good I'm choice. I'm not gonna question it. But peach, yeah. Uh, there is a very, they've also done fat mango in the past where they've sub- substituted mango for the peach. I'm hoping for mm-hmm. another obese fruit in the future. <laughs> this is really good. Fat pineapple. Fat pineapple be fucking banging. I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell Eric that later today. Next time, yeah, fat pineapple. So, okay, obstruction of justice. Let's just talk about some of the ways in which the Mueller report basically says he obstructed, he obstructed justice without specifically coming to the conclusion he obstructed justice. Okay. So, it laid out 10 categories of actions the president did that could constitute obstruction of justice. Not 10 actions, 10 categories yeah, I, of that's actions. That's not a good start. No. Uh, let's just, uh, the, one of the main ones uh, was first, firing the uh, FBI director after first asking for loyalty and then uh, could you, and, and then a second time in a meeting where Trump cleared the room and with just the FBI director present, can't you, after Flynn had to be fired, saying, can't you just let this go? He's a good guy. Can't you just see to letting him go? And Comey does not say yes to that either. And then fires the FBI director for, uh, fires the FBI director, and then says on TV, the next fucking day, it's for Russia. Yeah, that was... That it's was, for Russia, because, I mean, everybody knows that know. story already, but he really fucking said that. Oh, yeah. Second thing is, he told the White House counsel, which is a really important position. Oh, before we go on this, if, if he had not said it's for Russia, isn't it the purview of the president they could fire the FBI director at any time? Yes, it is. Okay. But just because something is a constitutional duty of either a president or whatever office holder you have doesn't mean you couldn't have done it with corrupt intent. Well, that's Proving that corrupt intent is a very difficult that's thing. That's really difficult. But there absolutely could be corrupt intent. Let me give you an example. This is not in the Mueller report, but let's just say, so the president has the absolute power to pardon for federal crimes. If somebody went to President Trump and said, hey, I am about to go to jail for these federal crimes. I will give you a million dollars if you pardon me. And Trump says, yes, that would absolutely be a corrupt intent. Sure. And nobody disagrees about that. In this case, it's just, where do you, where's, the, where do, where's the line? And that is a very... There's a mind reader element to that, unless you have a really, really good paper trail. Proving intent is hard. It is a hard. It is a high bar to clear. However, Mueller actually talks about how. But there is it, a bar. There is a bar. Yes, there is a bar. Mueller talks said how um, 
This is actually very common in obstruction of justice cases because lots of times people will plead the fifth. When they're asked about their intent, they will plead the fifth. So it's normal in these kinds of investigations to have to look at all the other evidence, all the other actions they did, all the things they said to their other people around them at the time, and not just ask them specifically, why did you do this? Because they will just plead the fifth. As is their right. As is their right, exactly. It is a very strange right to assert. It is a very suspicious thing when you say that, especially if you say it only sometimes. Mm -hmm. If you say it for everything... That's it. Just seems less of a red flag for, yeah. for certain random questions. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I plead the fifth of that one. Sure, yeah, uh, but it is. But that, it, it forces the prosecution to actually have specific evidence, which is important, rather than just your own words. Which gets to how our. I mean, this is this is an important part of our legal system, and I I wouldn't say for better or for worse. I think it's a good thing our legal system works in the way that you have to prove something, and you can't prove the absence of something. So mm-hmm. you have to have the evidence to prove that they did this. You can't, I mean, there's reasonable doubt. I, uh, beyond a reasonable doubt, you could, you know, there's yeah. substantial evidence and stuff. Or subs- Preponderance of evidence. Yeah, what the fuck is the word I'm trying to think of? Like, wait, sometimes like murder cases where they don't have a dead body, you know, mm-hmm. shit like that, yeah. you can still prove someone did it. Um, but you need a lot of evidence, and it has to be really <laughs> glaring. Mm-hmm. So that's important to note for this second part of the, of the, of the report. Yeah. Because some, of, some people are going to really be looking at this as their get out of Trump free card and hoping that this means Trump is going to get removed from office like next Wednesday. And I don't know if that's how it's going to work. Uh, it's not. We'll talk about that at the end. Let me just say another example of obstruction of justice that he goes into a lot of detail uh, for where Trump called the White House counsel Don McGahn and told him to fire the special counsel. Don McGahn basically didn't do it and said no said, no, I'm not doing it. Or I will resign rather than doing that. And then Trump didn't push the issue any further. But specifically, taking action to fire the person that's investigating you, how is that not obstruction of justice? Um, also, Nixon tried that. Worked out very bad for him. Which is why, which was called the Saturday Night Massacre. If you want to know more about that, listen to our episode on uh, All the President's Men. Don McGahn, knowing about the Saturday Night Massacre, said, nope, you're going to have to fire me because I'm not, if you really want that, because I'm not doing it. And so Trump didn't push the issue further. Though, again, playing devil's advocate here, isn't it in the president's purview to fire the special counsel guy? Okay. The answer Somehow, is yes. It's, I mean, it's a weird thing. But There's a that, weird convoluted path, but basically the answer is yes. Under the independent counsel law, which was put into, which is what Clinton was, what Clinton was investigated under, the president, uh, the, uh, the special counsel, the independent counsel, did not have to report to anyone. So they could, Clinton could not have fired Ken Starr. However, in 1999, the Clinton administration let that law lapse because like, uh, it, had, it had a sunset provision that was going to subset. And, and Clinton was like, I'm not renewing that. Are you guys fucking <laughs> crazy? So didn't renew it. Now it's under these special counsel regulations, which basically he, the special counsel does report to the attorney general. So Trump can... So the president can call the attorney general, and the attorney general can then fire the special counsel. That okay. is a thing that can happen. It, I want to say, though I'm definitely not a lawyer, that Trump, Trump couldn't himself have called the special counsel and just said, you're fired. There was a process, okay. but it's, it's only one or two steps removed. So essentially, if the president really wanted to fire the special counsel, could have done it. That is a strange ability to have. Yes. Because who else would they really be investigating? 
Exactly. If not somebody so this is in where, their party, in their cabinet, or the vice president. Or, this, this is where just being in the position of president, you have an enormous amount of power to affect the investigation in a way that no one else in the country really does. Anyone else being investigated does not have power over the people investigating them. It's pretty much only the president. Maybe a governor if it's a state investigation. But other than that, we're talking about, you know, nobody else. Also rich people. <laughs> that too. <laughs> like rich people paying to, I don't know, get their kid into a good college or something. <laughs> I'm sure you could exert some influence, but it is Indeed. not quite the same thing. That's, that's more crimes mm-hmm. to exert influence. Um, let, okay. me t- let me t- say just one sure, more yeah. example of instructional regression, though we won't go through all 10. Oh, uh, we don't have a beer for each one. <laughs> no. It's early. This is called being full of shit lager. (laughs) Why is nobody buying that? I don't understand. (laughs) Each can is full of shit. I don't know why. Anyway. Number two brewing. After, okay, so uh, the attorney general at first was Jeff Sessions, who had to recuse himself from any investigation into the Trump campaign because, first of all, he was part of the Trump campaign, so he probably should have done it anyway, but then he had lied, not lied, he had misremembered under oath during his confirmation hearings that he said he had no contact with the Russians. Turns out he had met with Russian ambassador, Russian ambassador yeah, Sergei Kislyak yeah. at least once, probably twice. Although Trump, de- I mean, the Mueller report definitely investigated that and he concluded that was very innocuous and actually didn't amount to anything. It was like a thing where you met a whole shitload of people. Yeah, there were like 40 ambassadors there and so he probably was like five minutes and said, hello, how are you? Nice to meet you. And honestly... But at the same time... And to the, make the, the easy point, Democrat joke, he was thinking about the next cross-burning. So he was very distracted. <laughs> <laughs> Admittedly, the, the, the point of recusing yourself is to avoid even the possible perception of unfairness. Even if, as a person, you could be overseeing an investigation that you could be completely 100% fair, but it's about the perception of fairness that you say, I'm just going to recuse myself so that nobody can even think that, so that everyone can be confident in the result. And that is the purpose of recusal. Sure. So he recused. Okay, so here's what Trump did. He called his former campaign manager, Corey Lewandowski, into the... Oh, this is the guy... Is that the bef- first one? That was the first, first one. This one, is right? the guy before Paul Manafort. Corey Lewandowski into the Oval Office and said, go call, go talk to Jeff Sessions and tell... Mr. Sessions, to first unrecuse yourself and then change the, whatever, the rules of the Russia investigation to only investigate future crimes or only investigate future Russian it's interference. Like minority report. He's literally, oh, and tell him to say out loud to the press that the Russia investigation was very unfair. He told Corey Lewandowski to do this. Uh, he and Corey Lewandowski even tried to set up an appointment with Jeff Sessions, which Jeff Sessions didn't take. And then eventually just then Corey Lewandowski tried to pass it off to a different White House aide who I don't remember their name. They also were like, uh, I don't feel comfortable with this and then didn't actually go through with it. Well, this is one of the things that I might take away from this part of the of the report is Trump treats the White House and probably his entire business career and family and family and uh, the occasional porn star as like a like a mob boss. Yes, definitely. Like a strange like mafia-like thing here, which is totally not cool, though not necessarily illegal in many cases. It's just weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very like, hey, swear loyalty to me. Hey, go tell this guy I want this. This would be really important to me if he did this. Yeah. It feels very Godfatherish. Tune it in does. next in June to hear about that. Indeed. But like, it's that was a weird thing I noticed about this. Every exchange he had is like, this is probably not one. 
how anyone who's worked in government for more than five minutes is used to business going. No. And two, anyone in who's a grown up is used to, <laughs> who's used to yeah. business going, right? Yeah. Like everything is like written down and there's eight million people around to see it and it's forwarded to everyone. Like everything is really documented. And here he's like, hey, taking people on the side in the room, do this favor for me. This I, I want important. your loyalty. Can't you just let that go? Yeah. Uh, one separate story, which is in the Mueller report. So um, Don McGahn, the White House lawyer, had one of his earliest meetings with Trump, and Trump said, like, why are you taking notes? Like, I work with lawyers all the time. They never take notes. And Don McGahn is like, I'm a real fucking lawyer. Ooh. I take notes at things. Nice. Oh, we're going to open this other beer. I had a connection for it. Kind of passed it out, but we're going to drink it anyway. Jimmy brought this for something in the past, and then we were too drunk to drink it. This is from Three's Brewing. It is called Here You Go. It is a pale ale, and it is... I don't know how much alcohol it is. Yeah, it's in the five. Yeah, anyway. Range. It's very, very light. My guess is... Strong oh, alcohol. Mueller Report. Here you go. Exactly. Yeah, pe- like, people were looking for this for two years. Well, right. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Not what they wanted. Not the report they want. The report they deserve. <laughs> and this is what they got. This beer. I hope this isn't the beer we deserve. This kind of... Is it like a strange... Like a slight... Tangy, yeah, slight sour. Sour, no, sour isn't quite the right word for it, but the smell, especially like a little hint of some sort of funk there. Slightly funky, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think it's because the can warmed up. It's not an old can. I had it for like three weeks or something. It's not like it's old and shitty and it's gone bad. No, but this is a pale ale, so it's kind of weird. No. It has a more distinctive taste than most pale ales, it's, being the slightly tangy, slightly sour, a little bit of that malty taste in it. I, know, I, I like it. I would, I would definitely drink it, but... Yeah, not bad. For a pale it's not especially. Like, it's not, you know, I would definitely drink fat peach over this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Or poor decisions was also really banging. But it it, it, uh, it just kicks Miller High Life right in the groin. Yes. With its tick. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, here you go. Like, the people were looking for this report, and on both sides, every side of the political aisle, the political matrix, people were... You know, expect wanted this to come out for very yeah. different reasons mm-hmm. and wanted very different results, but they wanted it, and well, here you go. So the, that's the beer. Probably should have had it earlier in the episode, but you know, gotta drink. Right, <laughs> gotta keep the gotta keep the whistle wet. So okay, I thought of a few ways this compares to uh, the all the president's men yep. and the Nixon impeachment. First, um, Trump wasn't able to really really obstruct very much because almost everyone who he talked to to try to obstruct the investigation just didn't go along with it, basically just didn't uh, follow through. Now, what if Trump wasn't a fucking idiot and actually a smart leader and smart at, you know, organization staffing and stuff like that? Then he absolutely would have been able to follow through with it. So that's one uh, frightening thing. However, attempted obstruction of justice is also obstruction of justice. Just because you don't actually succeed as it doesn't mean you didn't try. Sure. Are those different crimes, though? I'm not totally sure. Because, like, attempted murder is different than murder, you know what I mean? But it is also almost the same in terms sure. of punishment. Yeah, almost okay. There might be a slight difference, but there's still a bit. Okay, um, the Nixon smoking gun tape was, in fact, only attempted obstruction of justice. And this is the thing that, when it came out, he had to resign over. Okay, we definitely talked about this during the um, uh, All the President's Men episode, but let me just tell you again what happened. In 1970, so Nixon had all the time over and over again said, I had no idea about this. I definitely didn't do anything. I definitely didn't, um, I definitely had nothing to do with the, um, you know, with the investigation, with the The break-in. I had nothing to do with the cover-up. Okay, the smoking gun tape 
and I forget exactly what date the smoking gun tape was from because this is the White House recordings with the taping system that he went to the Supreme Court to block. The Supreme Court said eight to zero. You must uh, you must release these. Okay, Nixon was saying we need to tell the CIA to tell the FBI to stop looking into this, stop looking into and stop investigating the Watergate break-in. Because at times, the CIA, the FBI does end up investigating something the CIA had actually done, and the CIA will sometimes tell them, I guess, oh, that that was us doing doing shit. That was our own thing. Don't investigate it. Nixon was trying to use his position as president, meaning head of the CIA, to tell the FBI to stop investigating. That didn't work. They kept investigating, and that message may even never have been relayed, but that was the tape that when it came out, Nixon had to resign. It was attempted obstruction of justice. Here's a dumb question. Can you obstruct justice if you didn't, on a crime that didn't get committed? Yes. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up too, because that is, in fact, the uh, William Barr's the Attorney General Barr, his his letter that he that's wrote, he kind of says, that's right? his thing is, if there was no crime, how can you obstruct, obstruct you can't obstruct justice for um, investigating that crime? And the answer is, yes, you absolutely can. He fucking made that shit up. Or made it with a, it, or came up with an extremely expansive interpretation of executive power. That is not really something that people uh, look into. Because one thing, one thing that, um, Mueller says is people can obstruct justice not just for trying to stop the investigation of a crime, but also for trying to avoid embarrassment. That is absolutely something people obstruct justice for all the time when they do. And in fact, you could really say Clinton was obstructing justice in order to avoid embarrassment. And that is, that is exactly what he was impeached over. So it is definitely still valid obstruction of justice, even though Mueller wasn't able to prove the beyond a reasonable doubt criminal conspiracy. That doesn't mean there wasn't some really shady things going on, which would have been really embarrassing when they did come out, because a lot of it did. So that's what he was obstructing justice over, even though it wasn't provable, provably a crime. But it could have been. Right, he well, was just been, lucky. Matter. He was lucky That's... that it wasn't that that they didn't that his people were too incompetent to actually end up with a provable conspiracy. So he's like, uh, it, fine. Like, like the globe trotters are lucky that the ref never sees them bring a ladder onto the court and climb up, right? But like, but, but everyone knows the globe trotters <laughs> isn't a fair game. That it's just for fun. Everyone knows that. This is different. What's the shitty team they beat all the time? Is it the generals or the I, senators? I have it's no something idea. like that, which would be really funny if it's the senators. It it's, would. <laughs> it's the Washington somethings. Uh, I think it's generals. But the, the, I have heard also, though, like the definition of what is obstruction of justice is a rather vague thing, too, in some respects. And that requires proving intent. And I don't know how true that is because I'm not a fucking lawyer either. But. If Trump, like, so, for example, Trump saying all sorts of dumb shit like this is a witch hunt and this is, mm-hmm. is that obstruction of justice or is that just his First Amendment right at free speech at play too? Uh, okay. So some of these things are, are more debatable than others. Sure. Some of them are in a much more gray area. Let me bring up another one. After Michael Cohen, uh, after the, his office was office. When the world learned the word fixer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the only thing he's called now. Michael Cohen, who, by the way, once Michael Cohen had clearly... um turned on the president uh 
uh, Trump tweeted in what is probably his best tweet ever, said, if you're looking for a good lawyer, don't hire Michael Cohen. (laughs) But before that, though, months before that, in the days after Michael Cohen's home and office were raided by the FBI, Trump, not only in public, but also in a private message to Michael Cohen, said, stay strong, or something like that. Stay strong. That's uh, open for interpretation to play devil's advocate here. But you've got to really, really search really hard to find a reason that's not Trump saying, don't talk. I will give you a pardon if you don't. Well, what about... So I remember when this happened, one of the questions was uh, the question of attorney-client privilege. Yes. So I I don't know what the warrant said exactly to Mm -hmm. get into Cohen's office and home, but it was essentially to see information about Trump. Yeah. But if they had that information, wouldn't that have been through attorney-client privilege? Like, that should have been protected? Good question. But then people are like, well, he only has one client, so he's not really a... Lo-. Like, no, that was not, a thing people were saying, which was fucking horseshit. Okay, he did really only have one client, but that that's is fine. not the reason why, why the government could still see it. So, two things. First, attorney-client privilege does not cover a crime. If you're using your lawyer or you and the lawyer are conspiring to commit a crime, that is not covered by attorney-client privilege. Second, the Justice Department employs a thing called a taint team. (laughs) Oh, man. That is literally what it's called. Oh, that's the worst. (laughs) That is the worst name of anything. (laughs) Why would you call them that? Literally what it's called. Of sort of like third-party people who are not part of the original investigation to go through all the things and then... And then they decide what is uh, attorney-client privilege and what isn't. And then, and this is appointed by a judge, by the way. And then, and then the uh, original party, this would be Michael Cohen and Trump, get to challenge anything they want. And then a judge has to look at it and decide whether it's attorney-client, attorney-client privilege or commission of a crime. And that's what they did. So there are, there are mechanisms within the Department of Justice in order to avoid that exact thing. So there's a judge who determines... If you fall squarely between being an asshole yeah. and balls, <laughs> so you're the one for this job. Get Are you an asshole team. or do you just have balls? Or is it somewhere in between? Somewhere in between. Oh, do you sweat a lot? You could be on the taint team. It is literally called a taint team. And you know what? When they were talking about it on the news uh, the days after Michael Cohen was raided, everyone sort of like was like, it is called a taint team. Because yeah. it, it taint a team? No, no, that's not what it means. Yeah. That is a terrible name. It is literally what it's called. I did not make that up. I'm sure you could find other examples of like really dumb shit, like organizations and like, this is the community university for non-teachers. And you're like, that's cunt. And they're like, oh no. (laughs) But taint? I understand. Is it tainted evidence essentially? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Couldn't they have just looked for contaminated or... I'm sure it's been around a really long time, back before the internet and everyone's minds were much dirtier than they are now. But our taints were still dirty, so (laughs) I don't know why that mattered that much. All right. right. We have one more beer, but I'm sure you have plenty more to say. Uh, No, we can open that. Well, I picked this one. One, we had it at all the President's Men once. This is a nice... uh, Nice connection. Connection there. But I think it still leads to... connects to this, too. I agree. Uh, We predicted with it last time. It's called No Resolutions IPA. There unfortunately is no real resolution here. If you ha- whatever your opinion was before the report came out, it's kind of still your opinion now. Yep. In fact, it might actually have just made people more entrenched in whatever that opinion is. Well, everything does that. Yeah. So this is no resolutions IPA, seven point six percent alcohol by Bronx Brewery. 
the known nonsense ales. It's a multi IPA, more of the traditional type. Not terribly bitter, but definitely no. more bitter than your New England kind of things. And it definitely a darker color too. And that is like a certainly not amber. It is a darker IPA. Yeah, it's not light yellow. But it's a nice one, mm-hmm. especially if you're into the traditional IPA, American IPA style. Mm-hmm. We got people, you know, whatever we hear tends to just confirm we have a confirmation bias, but. There were, there were some people who the report came out and they were like, oh man, I really hate Trump. I really wanted him to be impeached or removed from office, but it seems like he didn't collude with Russia. I guess I have to move on with my life now. Those were, there were a small number of people who yeah, thought that. Yeah, sure. So, but then they if, got like shouted down on the internet. If the report had a smoking gun in terms of collusion, in terms of conspiracy, I mean, if it really did, it... I mean, maybe not definitely be over for Trump, but but it didn't have a smoking gun. That's the problem. Well, if you had enough that Congress could confidently impeach him with a goal of removing him from office. Yeah. Now, you need a lot more than just the report because you also need a cooperative Congress. But if, if there was strong enough evidence, even your even many Republicans would kind mm-hmm. of have to go along with it. Um, okay, two thoughts theory. about that. First... I think the Democrats were waiting for the Mueller report, hoping that there would be a smoking gun. And in terms of that would have made their job a lot easier and more more like it would have made would have made it less controversial to actually go through with impeachment. Second, the fact that the Mueller report didn't specifically say, oh, yeah, this is definitely obstruction of justice. The way it's phrased in that we are not allowed to charge the president with obstruction of justice. So right. we're not going to, makes it so much more ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Even though, I mean, I'm definitely not a lawyer, but there is certainly a chance that would, and if Trump does not win re-election on January 21st, 2021, he could be charged with obstruction of justice, or at least indicted for it. Not, not found guilty, because there would be a trial for that. He could, there's a, this is a significant enough that he would definitely that he could definitely be uh, indicted for it, but because the report doesn't say that, it's so much harder for Democrats to come out and say, "Yes, it was definitely obstruction of justice," just because they don't have anybody else's word to rely upon, and it makes them look partisan just by saying it. Yeah. And especially, and then William Barr, the Attorney General, came out and said, "No, he came out and said this is not obstruction of justice," even though he was fucking full of shit when he said that. Well, I think what you're seeing now, we're seeing a couple different things happen politically right now, as it were, as the 2020 election has somehow already started. Um, yeah. And, and there are like 4,000 Democrats running right now for president. I think I'm the only one not running. Yeah, you might. Yeah. Jimmy might be doing that now when he's done driving his whore mother somewhere. <laughs> but they, you're going to see the same thing that happened with the Democrats in 2015, early, late 2015, early yeah. 2016, where they tear each other apart. To get to the to get the the uh, yeah. the nomination, mm-hmm. and this is going to be one of those things that they use to hit each other with. Because you would you, you supported impeachment or you didn't support impeachment, yeah. And it may never even come up for a vote, but just who publicly said I support it, like, like Kamala Harris just said the other mm-hmm. day, like I think impeachment should be on the table or it's up for discussion or something like that. She said, yeah. now that's super committal, but you know. Didn't say I'm against it. Yeah. Bernie Sanders hasn't said anything about impeachment I yet. mean, so because in primary elections, the people that come out and actually show up to vote, to vote either in the uh, caucuses or in the uh, primary elections are the most committed people of their party. Sure. There's absolutely no way you could be against impeachment and win the Democratic nomination. 
There's just not a chance. Because the Democratic electorate has been for impeachment since November 8th, 2016. Well, yeah, but see that, see that though, gets to the other issue here. Like, some, this is just... So I think many people were looking for Mueller to come in like a fucking knight in shining armor and vanquish Trump. Make their Trump. job easy. And like, save Trump them is gone. from Trump. I, our long national nightmare is over, whatever that quote is. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But it didn't work that way, right? That it, was Gerald Ford. Just right. after Nixon resigned. Right. It didn't work that way. So they're fucking... These people who were butthurt in 2016 are now double butthurt because they're like, oh, this guy was supposed to fix this. And, he, and, and there was this discussion. Like, the, the narrative was, oh, Mueller's doing it. Now the grown-ups are in charge. Yeah. Like, which might have some validity because it's not like they were grown-ups doing anything else anywhere else. But the grown-ups are here. They're going to fix it. And then they didn't. Yeah. And so now they're like, oh, well, something else has to make him go away. Yeah. And it's not going to work like that. Like, I think, like, listen, as I've said before, and I'm arguing against you partially for things I believe in, but also partly just because otherwise we have nothing to talk about. <laughs> but, like, they, he's the president. Like, there's, like, the hashtag not my president people could suck a bag of dicks. Like, that's stupid. Like, he's the president. Like, it's just how it is. You don't have to like him. Mm-hmm. He's your president. Um, and this is how it is. If if you don't like, if like we need a higher standard, we need to fix, we need to have a better system. I'm not against that, but you need to make one. You can't just say like I'm, I. Just can't, it just feels tantrumy at certain points. Yeah, and that's so. That's why I feel, even though there's really damning stuff in the Mueller report, it by itself will not lead to impeachment. Oh, so okay, it could lead to impeachment by the House, but it will not by itself lead to uh, no, what is it? 20, what is it, 20 something senators that have to also vote for impeachment? It won't. 27 Republican senators? Republican senators, yeah. I mean. So it's like 48 or 49 Democratic senators, senators, because they have to get 67 total to yeah. remove the president. It's never happened in American history. This report by itself will not bring that about. But it does also say that Mueller referred 14 other investigations to different other investigating bodies, sure. 12 of which are still ongoing. Yeah, and there's a whole lot. And one of the things that was annoying about trying to read it is all the random redacted shit. Was it yeah. harm to ongoing matter? Or something yeah, like that, it says? that harm to ongoing matters. And then there was one about personal reputation. There was one. So there were four different ways the report so was I, redacted, and one of which is just like people's reputation being hurt. Uh, that's an interesting. I, yeah. I'm really curious what that could be because it's not like they were about anyone else's reputation. No. But one interesting thing I, I read was like people trying to figure out what those redacted things are. And there's mm-hmm. this one thing where there's a whole list of names. And it's like, I don't know, it's four or five redacted names in the middle of the list. But one of them, it's clearly only two letters on the, ne- like the person's name gets cut off. Hmm. So it's like, and on the next line, it's also redacted for only two letters. So like, that's Donald Trump Jr. Like, oh, oh, yes. So, Interesting. so there's all these, like people are hoping for all these other things to come out of it. I don't think it's going to have the resolution that the hate, the, I don't want to say haters, but the yeah. anti-Trump base the people who are against trump it's not there they're, it's just not going to happen mm-hmm. although I, I would say the chances that there's something exonerating under all those redactions oh no very low no sure it's, it's just going to be more more of the same no and anybody who leaves the the Mueller report and is like trump is i mean if, if you think trump is an honest person at this point then nothing can convince you yeah but clearly there are many examples of incompetence there are many examples of just abuse of power of of dishonesty, of general scumbaggery. However, those things tend to not be president-ending moves. Yeah, yeah they're not mm-hmm. impeachable. 
I think instead of cro- like worrying about this at this point, people should just kind of because now there's a whole lot of people who've like staked their reputation essentially on the Mueller thing. Like, mm-hmm. who's that? Guy? Adam Schiff, the California like that guy's on MSNBC or CNN like every day, and he was like, "We have ev- we have evidence that he has colluded with Russia." It's like, well, no, you don't, dude. How do you how do you fix that after two years of saying that? Well, he okay. There wasn't evidence of criminal well, he fucking conspiracy. shot his wad, man. He should have kept his mouth shut. Like, to talk for two years and be like, listen, we have proof he colluded with Russia, and this is going to show it, and then he will be removed from office? That kind of language? Okay, I definitely did not say many or even, definitely not all, or even many of the things that he said uh, on MSNBC, but he, I don't think, I think he was more measured in his words than that. He might have given that impression, but I don't think he's, uh, I don't recall... I mean, maybe we should look it up, but I don't right. think he said specifically, he definitely concluded, he well, definitely colluded, period. You could find a whole lot of other people, though, even if I'm misquoting him, uh, with Talia, is her name, who said, we're going to impeach the motherfucker, right? Like, that's her, her speech. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, she did give that. She said, that's a quote, right? Like, that was, that was a, that's an easy one for me to remember. Mm-hmm. Like, people have been betting on this. Like, Rashida Tlaib. They're yeah. really, really counting on this to happen. Mm-hmm. And now there's this, like, face-saving move they have to do. And so now they're, everyone's shifted it to, well, you obstructed justice, and that's really bad. Like, you were never worried about obstruction of justice before. Uh, impeachment process against Richard Nixon. Articles of, imp- articles of impeachment. Article number one against Richard Nixon was obstruction of justice. Sure, that's a parallel, but that's not what anyone was talking about for the last two years. Impeachment of Bill Clinton. Uh, article number two was obstruction of justice. So this is a thing that um, is very serious. I what mean, about admittedly, Andrew Johnson, damn it, what did he do? Not obstruction of justice. <laughs> uh, admittedly, because it's less clear, because Mueller didn't come out and say either we have a smoking gun uh, criminal conspiracy uh, of, of cooperation with Russia, or it's not definitely Im- definitely obstruction of justice it leaves it to democrats who are going to be who are going to be vulnerable to the accusation that they're being partisan if they even say it is obstruction of justice but at the same time if they if they don't if they're in any sort of uh, contestable seat yeah this is a very interesting thing for them a very challenging morass because mm-hmm. they're they they risk alienating their base i think at this point w- the thing I've like the Pelosi said, and like, especially right right after the the, the, the summary came out, mm-hmm. and a bunch of people were like, well, we're not really interested in pursuing impeachment because now part of that could be that like, oh, I don't really think that we're not going to win. Could yeah. be part of that decision to say that mm-hmm. um, this isn't good for my polling numbers to do that. I'm sure that's all part of that decision making. But like, move on. He's halfway through his term. Fucking, if you really hate the guy so much, just vote. Get your ground game together. Mm-hmm. You have 25 Democrats that are going to claw at each other's throats for the next year. That are all, Between that and the Mueller report coming back at least vaguely in Trump's favor in many ways, they're going to have a harder time. And to just kind of draw this whole thing and say, well, we really don't want him to have won. He shouldn't have won in the first place, which is how many people are interpreting this. Mm-hmm. That's not going to help them in the, tw- in the next election. No. I think just like fucking move on at this point. If there's anything that you also you could see like, they're not able to, Trump is not able to get a whole lot done. No. So what are they worried about? And he now, has almost nobody left in his cabinet. Yeah. It's like half, half the spots are vacant right now. Mm-hmm. You just fucking get your shit together or do the, like, or, I mean, this is less politically tenable, it seems these days, but like figure out what you can get done with the Republicans and work on that shit. Like, I don't know why every, everyone, they, both sides yeah. are deeply entrenched in anti the other side partisan kind of nonsense. 
they could do a whole lot without having to worry about Trump. I, I don't know. That's, that's my frustration as the guy who's certainly more conservative. And like, I also don't like the behavior of the Republicans in, in Congress. I think they act like a bunch of dickheads too. It's like nobody does anything. <laughs> Why are we allowing this to distract us? Like, what laws have been passed? What has happened that's going to like help our country? Almost none. Sure, like if you living in New York as a homeowner, the tax reform thing did not help me much. But lots of other people in the country are really happy with that. Whatever, I'm fucking not happy with it. My tax return sucked this year. But you know, you know what? He's those those states. Where are they going to vote in 2020 now? Mm-hmm. If they're going to have three years of better tax returns, New York was never going for Trump. California was never going for Trump. No. So that's a that's a win for him. What about? I mean, also, I mean, again, Trump. The fucking great builder. Where are the infrastructure jobs? They haven't even seriously even pitched an infrastructure plan. There's nothing. I haven't even seriously pitched it. They've like, the joke is that, is it infrastructure week yet? Because they just keep getting distracted by everything else. Yeah. Like just, I think I think just fucking accept this. It sucks. In re- for both sides, this should be embarrassing. If you were like, con- if you were really hoping this was going to get Trump removed from office, that's a bummer and that's embarrassing. But if you're hoping this is going to prove Trump is a good guy, you should be embarrassed too. Like, just move on now and and go to the work that you were elected to do and we're paying you a lot of money to do. That's my take on the whole thing. All right, tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Follow us on the Twitter at DrunkGuysBC or Facebook and Instagram at DrunkGuysBookClub. And if you've listened this far, why don't you leave us a review on wherever you are listening to this? Just round up to five stars. Uh, and you don't need to collude with the Russians to round up to five stars. But Russia, if you're listening, <laughs> please round up to five stars. We would not say yet to five stars. And we are also now a member of the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. So if you like us, check them out too. And uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>